Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Light Leader Collective. I'm so happy for you to be here today, whether you're new here, whether you've been in my world before, welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. My name is Emily Whiteside. I'm a psychic business coach. I'm a spiritual leader, and today in this podcast episode, I talk to Andrea Franco, who is also an intuitive business coach, a psychic, and a beautiful soul sister, a beautiful person, an inspiring person. And today, we, in this episode, we really bring you relationships and calling in your soulmate. We talk about masculine energies, feminine energies, healing your heart wound. I want you to know we accept you as you are. Whoever you love, we accept, we honor you. In this space, we talk about our current relationships and, you know, our past experiences. So that's really as far as we've taken it is our, where we have been and where we have walked. So I hope you enjoyed this episode today. I am so excited to have you inside. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Light Leader Collective. I'm so excited to be here today. And this is the very first podcast episode where I have a guest, so I'm excited for that with the new rebrand. And I have somebody so special, someone who is one of my soul sisters. She was one of my past mentors. I've learned so much from her, and we have such a special podcast episode today. But I have Andrea Franco here. Andrea, thank you for being here. So I just like I'm having the flashback to when we met from your first podcast episode. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, and that's such a synchronicity because on that first podcast episode we were talking about I think I was dating my ex and you were dating your ex. I was. We were both dating and they, and they both have the same name. <laughs> yes, and they both have the same name, which is so weird. So then we started crazy. working together and we both, we both left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. So we are going to talk all about relationships, calling in the soul aligned man of your dreams. Um, And I think most importantly, becoming the woman who is Mm. confident in being single. And Andrea has definitely helped me personally in my relationships. She was one of the closest things to me that was helping me let go of a a relationship that wasn't serving me. And I had a lot of other people as well on the opposite side of what I was doing, telling me to release the relationship, but it was so hard to do. So, you know, I think for me, um, what really shifted, I'm single, at least as of right now, I'm single. And what really shifted for me was stepping into my confidence and knowing that I was going to be okay being single. I had Mm. been in relationships like all of my life. And even when I was single for a year, I was still dating people, like seeing the same person continuously, not like boyfriend, girlfriend status, but seeing people continuously. So right now in my life, I'm really working on being single and loving being single and healing my past relationships, healing my heart. Um, And Andrea did the same, although she is shifting right now. So Andrea, if you could just share with us like your story, your background, because I know you have such an extensive background in relationships and with men, if you want to share anything, that would be great. Yeah. I I think that like, it was so funny because, you know, everyone knows me as a business mentor and that's like what they knock at my door for, but I've always been 
really good with love and relationships. I think one, I hate to say this in case my parents hear this, but (laughs) gotta be honest, right? I, you know, I grew up in a, a household that I wasn't taught what love was, you know, my parents didn't really exactly get along. My, my father was definitely not an embodiment of anything of love. He was very cold, very like stuck in his ways, like old fashioned Italian man. So, you know, as I grew up and started to get myself out there, I realized that like I had been taught all the wrong things and it was my job to heal. So I first was one of those women as well, where it was like relationship after relationship, not doing the healing work, not being by myself. And then I really started to shift that. And I think where this, this whole journey all started for me, there's an article coming out soon where I mentioned him. I don't, haven't spoken to this man and like, I can't even tell you how many years, but my very first King that I ever called in my life he really just like loved me so deeply. And I really realized like what love was. And at that time I could not hold that love because I wasn't a healed version of myself. And so I ended up sadly breaking his heart. But after that relationship, I really, really dove into the healing work. I ended up even going to therapy because of it. And obviously I choose coaches and events and healing work over therapy. Therapy didn't exactly really work for me personally. But when I realized that I had wounds that I needed to heal in order to be the best woman and then the best partner. And first it becomes, like you said, being the best woman, healing yourself, loving yourself, being okay with being alone, being okay with the masculine and feeling safe there. And then calling in the partner. And so from there, my journey was lots of different men. I'm actually writing a relationship book on like all of the different men I've encountered. And again, I've called in some beautiful Kings and I've been with narcissists. I've been with liars, cheaters, you know, mama's boys, you name it. And I think this journey has just really been so amazing to see the different kind of men out there and also the different kind of ways women work because sometimes we settle because we think we have to, or again, like you're saying, a lot of women just get into the first thing that comes their way thinking it's like, why not? When we, we need to be waiting or we should, you know, like I shouldn't say need or should, but if you want the, the dream love, then waiting for something that's truly going to fulfill your heart and life is what I feel, you know, like being alone in the meantime and not just settling. I was just speaking about this because someone in my family, you know, she is just always taken and it doesn't matter who the guy is. It doesn't, it's like, you know, you, you can't call in that epic love unless you're, you're fully in love with yourself first and loving yourself in the way you want someone else to love you. Yes, absolutely. I, so I, um, well, you know this, but I guess the people on my podcast don't really know this. I was attracting in men because of, I feel like we attract in our fathers almost if we aren't healed. And so we do. And so I was attracting in a lot of versions of, um, my unhealed parts of our relationship with my father. And what I would find is I would be, I'm very in my feminine. I have always been in my feminine for the most part and disempowered mm-hmm. masculine. But so when I'm in a relationship with somebody, 
I'm very in my feminine where I'm, I've heard a lot of women say like, I'm very in my masculine. I want to shift to my feminine. So I've never had Mm. a problem with that, but I've had, you know, the problem that kept repeating itself was I was afraid, like my throat was closed with men Mm. and I was afraid to speak my truth. I was always putting men on a pedestal, like the men I would date, they were always my first priority. I would find myself losing like, um, interest in my business because of the man that I was with. And most of my relationships, I mean, I've only been in two long-term relationships, like real relationships. And the first one was very healthy, but the second one, which I just got out of was very unhealthy. So there was a lot of toxicity in it, which Andrea knows. And, you know, I wounded masculine. Yes. Yes. He was the wounded masculine and I was the wounded feminine. So Mm. I would spend, you know, days in bed just crying because I was too afraid to speak up to him because what he would do was wrong. And it was always, you know, that's when I first heard about gaslighting. That's when I first narcissist narcissists, like Mm. I had no idea what those words even were, what they even meant. And as I dove deeper into that, I was like, what am I doing to myself? So Mm. I had um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of signs from many different people and my own signs that I had to leave. And it was like, I would leave and then he would come swoop me back up and think we would try to work things over. He would promise me that he would work on it and he wouldn't. And then we would go into the same cycle over and over again. And it felt like every month was just a devastating tragedy in our relationship. Um, and it took a lot out of me and I needed a lot to heal my heart that I didn't even realize until we had completely split up. But Mm. Andrea was definitely the the person that was there for me a lot. I I thought at one point you were gonna maybe come fly to me and smack me with how like adamant I was. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Andrea is very, she doesn't beat around the bush at all. She's very (laughs) bold and I'm not super bold that way. So yeah. yeah, Times where you triggered me definitely because I thought he was, I was like, nobody understands. Like the only one who understands is me. Like it's our relationship, but Mm. it's like, now that I look at it from a bird's eye view or from a third perspective, it's like, I was so almost like mind controlled in that relationship where I couldn't. Thank you. Thank you for even just saying that word because it's so beautiful to even admit because I was too. And that's what narcissists do, right? They, 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 you said something else that like really just hit home is they kind of eliminate everything else in your life, right? They don't really want you focusing on your business. They don't really want you with your friends. They don't really care. They, they isolate you from everything and they begin to make you feel like, you, like they are it. They are everything you need. And without them, you can't kind of survive. Right. So that's, that's where the mind control like sets in and us as women. Well, I mean, people who are very loving like you, and I've done it myself too, where we're like, okay, like I'll commit to you and give you all of my time. And then that's where they kind of rise above us. And, and they have that like one up to have that like mind control. So then they play victim, right? So when they're wrong and this, I saw this play out in your relationship multiple times and you would say, Hey, you know, like this upset me. And it was like, they just turn it around on you 
So they're never wrong and really don't have to apologize. Or, or they're like, I'm sorry, it'll never happen again. And three weeks later, after the honeymoon of being sorry for three weeks happens, they do it again. And that was something else I saw in your relationship. And I only did really know because I experienced a narcissist, many of them actually. And I was like, girl, please. <laughs> like, I love you so much. We need to get him gone. I know. Yeah, that's exactly. And then, you know, even so, like we had just moved into a house together and it was like my dream place. And it was like one of those things where I had to learn the lesson multiple times. And the lesson that I finally learned was the biggest lesson, the biggest like slap in the face where I had no other choice but to leave. And it was devastating. It was really hard. Had I learned the lesson months prior, you know, mm. if I would have listened to the red flags, like within the first month of dating, my life would be a lot different. Like, but I learned a lot from that, which I know that I needed. So, yeah, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I, I refer to my, my big narcissist. Um, I refer to him as Satan. And that I also like everyone warned me like, Hey, he's this, he's that. And I, you know, was just like enamored by him. He was so beautiful and so successful and so sweet to me. We had the best sex life. I mean, like on paper, this man was like everything you ever wanted in life. And, but he secretly was a narcissist and he was unfaithful. So I found out, but I needed to learn the hard way. And like, I went back to him several times and, you know, I kept trying to paint another picture in which sometimes we do like, you know, at that point I wasn't healed yet. At that point, I really didn't know what a, a true narcissist looked like. It was so hard to really grasp because when you have such a big heart, like you and I do, it's like, you don't understand how someone could do that. Like, how could you treat me that way? How could you do these things? Like, but I really realized that someone can only, first of all, meet you at the level that they meet themselves. And sometimes we don't really realize that they don't have that true capacity to love another human like that. But also that sometimes it's just who they are and it has nothing to do with you. And I think a lot of women are like, if I only help him heal, if I only do this, if we only get through this fight, like he'll change. Like ultimately a man or, or woman, right, has to change because they want to, because they see, you know, the flaws in themselves and that's why the change is never long lasting with narcissists and people, you know, like our past partners. And again, my, my recent past partner was an amazing man, just not fitting of my love languages. But I really do see that where it's like they change for a couple of weeks and then it's right back to the old behavior. And, you know, Satan, as I call him, it girl, I mean, I was stuck on that man for, for quite some time. And I could look back and say, you know, month two, I had all the signs, but honestly, if I didn't go my full journey with Satan, I think it was like close to two years, um, in and out, like uh, other women, all the things I would never be the woman I am today. Never be as smart as I am. Know the red flag, the white flag, the purple, yellow flag. <laughs> You know, like, I know every sign, every lie, every secret. Okay. He had an app on his phone, girl, called P-Calculator. And you enter in a code and it takes you to a photo album of which he had naked women. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. I mean, that's how, like, I learned so many things in that partnership that I didn't even know existed. So I am very happy that I played it to its fullest and learned my lesson because one, I believe in karma. I think Satan was sent to me because I hurt that first man 
that I was with, even though my intentions were to do so, I did. And two, I think that after Satan, I never dated another Satan again. Yeah, I totally resonate with like the needing to go through it for as long as you did to get the message and to go through the healing. Because had I saw the red flags in month one, I probably would have attracted somebody just like that because Mm -hmm. I wasn't fully healed because I didn't, I had wounds that were coming up that I had no idea were even in me. So Mm. that was huge. And, you know, for me, it's like, I see him. um, He's like really the only tough relationship that I've been in, in that sense of where there was toxicity in it. And Mm. for him, I, I know like it's hard for me to even label him even at this point because I do like I have love for him and for the man that I know he is, but he has so much healing to do that even him wanting me and wanting the relationship to work, he was doing the healing work. He started to go through healing and Mm. he was doing it for me. Right. So it's like, that doesn't shift until you can go to therapy and we were in therapy together. And it's like, you can do all that work, but if you're not actually ready to change, you're not going to change. You can't just change because you're trying to prove something to somebody. And unfortunately that's where the relationship went. And, you know, I really see like narcissism or any type of label as just an unhealed part of them. Right. And unlike loved Mm. part of them. So wish them all the best, but that's, that's history. And I'm not repeating that again. So, and and what you said too, is like, we can't fall in love with potential. You know, that's the other thing is like, even my last partner, he was like, a really great man, really successful, but like he truly didn't know how to love. And his mother was like the root of all his wounds. You know, he grew up in a very toxic family environment. His mother had a lot of like mental health issues. And I saw his wounds surface in the way, like when a disagreement happened, he was very avoidant because his mother blew up his phone 24 seven. So he would like run away, you know? And so I saw all this potential in this man. And I, I truly think he was the king in his own right, but there was just too much on the potential end and not a, enough there. And he had to do deeper healing work, which I hope that he does go and do, but he can't do it for me. And I think that was the thing in, in my last partnership as well is it was so beautiful, but I just wasn't really being met in, in ways I needed to be met with love. And he needed to do healing around like his ability to give and receive because that whole block was there and we can't fall in love with what, what we see glimpses of. Right. Cause there was like so many moments of like, Oh my God, it's in him. Like I just remember like certain nights where he would touch me a certain way or do something or we'd have this conversation, but it was never lasting. And that's the thing is like, for me with like genuine love and the way things are like, there has to be consistent behavior. You know, I, I I definitely know there's ups and downs and people have rough weeks, rough days, but you know, we, we just can't fall in love with like, if this man healed, he'd be this, I can see it. I know it's here, but the truth of the matter is, you know, it's really not there unless they truly heal themselves. 100%. I love the part two about falling in love with potential because that was something I was always doing, like seeing the best in people or knowing what they're capable of and falling Mm. in love with that version of them, but not looking at what was actually going on in front of my eyes. So when I started to, you know, date after my ex, you know, I, I would start to see these 
like this um, second wave of like needing to heal myself of falling in love or falling for somebody who had great potential, but wasn't showing me and giving me what I actually wanted and wasn't Mm. there yet. Right. And I think that's really important because we do that so often. I think that the biggest part about attracting our soulmates or the man of our dreams is being really firm with our boundaries and really firm with our standards and knowing ourselves too, right? Because like energetically, we're going to attract in men um, through who we're being. And what I found is like, I was always the person my entire life, even when, you know, I was single and dating and stuff. I could not tell somebody no. Like it was so hard. I mm. was the people pleaser um, person always. And it was so hard for me to even like, I was the ghoster. If I didn't like somebody, it's like I would, I kept going out with them. I would keep entertaining them, but then eventually kind of just fizzle out and ghost instead of being really clear with people. So mm. this time around being single, it's like, if I know it's a no right away, I clearly tell them, Hey, it was really nice getting to know you, but I don't think that this is going to work like really, really clean with my energy and knowing exactly what I want and looking at the relationship in terms of, is he meeting these like really big parts of my life? And if he's not, then he's not for me. So clearly Mm. letting him go, keeping your energy clean there. And then another big thing for me is learning to love my life. Like I want to love my life and I do love my life so much single that when somebody does come in, it's like, are you worth me disrupting my beautiful single life? Like if you're worth it, then yes, I'm here for it. But if not, then no. And I've been going on dates and things like that. And it's just like, no, it's a no, it's no. And I'm a generator. So it's a very like, yes or no, how yes or how no. Mm. So for me, it's really important on that first or second date, if I don't feel it to just let it go. Right. Um, but what do you feel is like really important for calling in that, that soulmate? Yeah. I think like the most important thing that like, you have to really like know yourself on a deep energetic level, know exactly what you're looking for first and foremost, because you can't call in a King unless you've really designed what a King looks like to you. Right. And I think also knowing like your love languages, because those differ between many people, like my, you know, top two are definitely like quality time and physical touch along with like little words of affirmation. And for example, my last partner, he loved me in, in acts of service. And it was like, I don't feel loved, right? And it's not that he wasn't loving me. He was just loving me in the way that he knew how. So I think it's just really important to get crystal clear on, you know, what is the man or partner look like that I am trying to call in? Like, what are my core values? You know, what are my deal breakers? Like getting crystal clear there, like, also just loving yourself in the way that you desire to be loved by another. And that was really when I met even my last partner, I was, you know, exceeding, loving my business, taking such good care of my body, had beautiful routines. And like, he came in out of nowhere. And even this time around, uh, obviously I'm currently in partnership now with a beautiful man. And that, that it was funny. Cause I, I don't want to say I was looking, but I definitely like got back on the dating wagon and I had been dating a lot. Like when I met him, I had gone on a date two nights before, two nights after (laughs) I was dating like six, seven men 
And I think the other thing is like what you just said, saying no to what doesn't feel good and what's not in alignment with you. Because if you just like play ball with all these people, you're not going to end up going to the world series. You have to know to hit your ball and hit that fucking home run because you want to get to the next level with someone. And I remember like right before we were discussing this before, right before I met my current partner, there was another guy that I was super interested in and he just wasn't making the time, right? He was, he, he had like kind of ditched me and he was giving me, um, just like I wasn't a priority vibes and that wasn't going to fly again for me because again, I dated my last relationship was a multimillionaire and it was so lovely. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not looking for someone who doesn't want to make some quality time for me. And like when we're together that it's quality. So I was seeing these signs pop up and I was like, okay, no, just know that like you need to say no to what doesn't suit you and say it quickly. So I went on one date or two dates with that guy. And it was great. Oh, I liked him. And then, you know, as soon as the sign started to surface, I will, I will never forget this day. We were texting and we were supposed to go out and he like wasn't planning the date and wasn't doing the things. And I immediately was like, you know what? I don't, I don't think this is going to work. And he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Give me a couple of weeks. Come January. I'll be, I'll be more free where I can give you some time. But like on the weekends, he was seeing his family or going to softball or doing other things. Like he could have made a couple hours for me, but I just wasn't a priority. And so I was like, Hey, I'm probably not going to be available come January because I was dating and I'm not actually like I, me and the guy I'm seeing now ended up getting more serious in January and now we're officially dating, which is amazing. So I think a lot of it was, being really crystal clear on exactly what I was looking for and exactly what I wasn't looking for and be willing to say no pretty damn quickly. Like, Hey, this isn't an alignment for me. Like I just, I've come so far and we also have to like allow us as, as beautiful evolving women to know, like as you continue to evolve, I almost felt like lonely hopping back on the dating wagon because I had I was dating someone who was a multimillionaire who knew business in and out who just completely understood me and I was like wow where am I going to find another man who's like as invested in like my business and my life and this is not on every street corner and then the guy I'm seeing now ended up like doing my program and he's also like an entrepreneur and he actually makes time for me and it's so beautiful so it's out there. It's out there. And it, as you're an evolving woman and you become more successful and more in love with yourself and have beautiful boundaries, it may not be on every street corner, but it's fucking out there. Absolutely. And it's like, I'd much rather that quantity over quality, quality over quantity. I'd much rather go on dates with men who are like almost it and they're high quality, but I'm not going on as many. Plus I don't like I like my alone time and I love my life. Like I don't want to go out on a bunch of dates. I did that back in like 2018. I was going on dates like four times. A <laughs> week. It was horrible, but um, you know, it's just like, it's that energy of, of quality, right? We're going on quality dates because we know mm. ourselves. We love ourselves. I think that's a huge, huge emphasis on loving yourself, loving your life, like not being in the energy of desperation and needing him because as soon as you need a partner, it's like you're willing to date anything then, right? They can smell that too. What? Like people can smell desperation from a mile oh, yeah. away. Like 
Yeah. You know, like when you're dating someone and you're like blowing up their phone or like, I need to see him tomorrow and all that. That's again, like being able to like love your alone time and knowing that like you compliment it. Like the guy I'm seeing now, he always said like, he knows if he wants to see me, he makes the plans. Obviously we're like an official relationship now, but you know, like every day it was his job to say, I want to see you again. And I, you know, I am a woman who wants to be courted. I want someone to make plans and make effort and show that like they're willing to go the extra mile for me because I think too many people settle <laughs> for, you know, half-assed behavior. And I'm, I'm looking for that romance, that Absolutely. big love, you know? Yes. Yes. And being courted, like there's nothing hotter and sexy than a man that is like, get dressed. I made reservations. We're going somewhere special. Like, dude, I so agree with that. Like it like will literally make me wet. Like me and my partner were out to dinner the other night and usually he works on Sundays and he was like, I got Valentine's day off for you. It's a surprise. I was like, Oh, like that's so hot. Like went the extra mile to make sure And like, he was originally working on weekends and he requested like Saturdays off now because he knows that like I work during the week. And so now we see each other every Saturday because he no longer works on Saturday and he's transitioning out of, um, I want to call it nine to five because he bartends part-time and does entrepreneur stuff on the side. But like, it was just so cute to me that he like was willing to like shift his schedule around for me and take days off to see me. And I just feel so prioritized and that was really what got me with him. It was like, when can I see you again? What's your schedule? Like even today he texted me, he said, what is your schedule for the week for relationship purchase purposes? I want to know when I can see you. Oh my God. I love that. That's the best. I, I'm excited to call that in when the time is right. Um, and it got me thinking like on that desperation kind of talk and the neediness because, um, Like what I realized, I didn't even know it, but I was an anxious attachment. So it was like, I was that like, even in relationships, like my past long-term relationship that I was in, I was like the anxious attachment where it's like he was in control and I got like massive anxiety if he wasn't texting me, if he was mad Mm. at me. Um, And he was the avoidant attachment and those two kind of attract each other. They're opposites attract each other. And so what I had to work on I noticed like even getting out of that relationship that as soon as I like, I would still like have that like anxious attachment. So I worked on becoming the secure attachment. And I think it's really important to spend time alone. If you're an anxious attachment or an avoidant attachment to spend time alone in the secure or getting into a secure place. So anxious attachment is when you're like in that desperation neediness, like you get anxiety and avoidant attachment is where you are somebody who avoids like when things get hard or when things go deeper, you start pulling away more. And Mm -hmm. I've been both. I've been the avoidant attachment um, a, a long time ago, and then it shifted to anxious attachment and now I'm in a place of secure attachment and we get there through um, coming back to ourselves and being okay, being alone. Like it was a really hard transition for me going from, I always lived with somebody, whether it was a boyfriend, then I lived with uh, a roommate and then I lived with 
my other boyfriend. So I have, and then before that, my college roommates and then my parents, of course. And so I have never lived alone. Like I've lived Mm. independently, but I've never lived alone. And so that was really hard for me. And I remember moving here, I was working with Andrea still. And I, it was, I remember how scary that was for you. I was like, you can do it. (laughs) I know. I was so scared. It's, It's crazy to see how like things have shifted and Oh my gosh. And on the love languages, I highly recommend, like, I love like diving into that. But the weird thing is I'm every single one of the love languages, except for, um, acts of service. I got 0%. All the other four, I'm like 20, 25, 26, 27. They're like 1% off from each other. So they're basically all even. I'm like, I need all, I knew it. I need all of the love languages. But yeah, I think, I think it is important to, to know that for sure. And I think, you know, love languages are not what you were just saying. Like what our goal should be in a beautiful, harmonious partnership is interdependence, right? Not like codependence or super independent where it's a way it's, it's interdependence where we can, you know, live our lives and have our business and do our things and then come back home to a partner and have this beautiful dance with each other, with the masculine and the feminine and support each other and love each other. And I think love languages go along with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, even before attracting a relationship is to look at your downfalls in a relationship, like what patterns, like look at your dad basically, or like your upbringing (laughs) and see like how those are showing up in your relationship and really like putting yourself out of victim mentality because it's so easy when a relationship isn't working to blame him and to be like, Mm. well, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do this. He's toxic. But then we have to look at, but why did we attract that? Right. And Mm -hmm. then it's about becoming the version of you who attracts in that high level man. And I I hear this all the time, like in terms of business where client clients or um, people in my community are like, I want to attract in high level clients. And I'm like, well, you have to be the high level leader to attract in high level clients. Like we don't just Mm -hmm. high level clients because we want them. So the same thing goes with men is like, we have to make sure that our boundaries are crystal clear and that we're not Mm -hmm loosening those boundaries because a man is good looking or because you think that there's potential, you're falling in love with potential. And then it's having really high standards for yourself. And that's the hard part. It's really easy to say, okay, I want this, these qualities in a man, but the hard Mm -hmm. part and the tests are when you start to date other people and what you're willing to allow in and what you're willing to not allow in. And that's like, sticking to that is really hard. Yeah. I I see that all the time. Yeah. You know, like when when people start going on dates. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, they'll be like, well, um, I, you know, I could look past this and then, and then, and then you're looking past 25 things and you're actually not in a relationship or dating someone that is your ideal partner because you're consistently looking the other way. I definitely think there's like compromise to be had in partnerships and like, you know, even me and my partner, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely different in a couple of different ways, but I, I think we complement each other very well. He's very grounded, very soft. Like when I bring my fire, he knows that like he can bast it very well. Like he will not get fire with me. You know, I, I could never date a, a like fiery man 
because if you meet my fire with fire, then we have an explosion, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> he, he meets my fire with like, how can we make this better? And I'm like, oh, I love that. Um, but yeah, I think that it's just so important to really when you're, you're beginning to date and you're starting to go out with people that you're not looking past some of these red flags or things that like you actually don't want. And I think that we create stories in our head, right? We're like, well, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Right. And then before you know it, you're a fuck buddy who's like trying to get this man to settle when he clearly told you date one that he was just looking for friends with benefits, but <laughs> you were gun ho on the fact that you can make him fall in love with your vagina. You know what I mean? And like, I mean, this is some of the things that I see with some clients where it's like, but I don't understand. I'm like, he told you day one that he wasn't looking for anything serious. Why didn't you listen to him? You know? And, and sometimes they'll say the opposite, but all of their actions say the, something else. Like you've got to listen to words and even more listen to actions. Yes, absolutely. I, oh my gosh, I love exactly what you said. I had something that came up and I forgot what it was, but it's really looking at the level of like, how are you supported? How do you feel supported? Because like now in my life, I can support myself so well, emotionally, physically, mm. like self-care, self-love that I notice right away when somebody isn't speaking my love language or isn't supporting me in the way that I need to be supported. And again, like there is a level of like compromise, but I think that there's, there's like an initial, like, he brings me this and he's listening on what he can change. And he's actually trying to change or like, he's noticing like what my level of support and what I need. And he's transitioning into giving that to me because what I found is like, I know how to take care of myself. I love myself and I love like my moments alone. I love how I can support myself. But when I started dating, I would notice that like these men aren't speaking my love language. Like they don't know how mm. to support me. And I think that's really important when you start to have, when you go deeper with somebody and you start to have these conversations of like, this is how I'm loved. And this is what I really like. Like I like flowers. Like I want flowers like once a week. I like <laughs> taken out to dinner. I like when you ask me how my day was or when you can go deep with me in conversation and we're not just talking about surface level things. I like to be held. I like, so there's so many things that I enjoy and like I speak those things out. I tell people what I want and if they're not meeting me, then it's time to move on. And that can be the hardest thing when you've created a connection with somebody and you fall in love with their potential, but mm. it's staying true to yourself and knowing what areas of support you feel most loved in and how can you give that to yourself? Yeah. I think something that's coming up for me around that is I do think there's a level of patience like um, to be had when you're getting to know someone, as long as there's like no deal breakers, because for example, you know, my partner is not a texter. And like, originally to me, it was like, I want a good morning text. I want a good night text. And I don't always get that from him because one, he works weird hours. And he had this conversation with me the other day and he was like, Hey, you know, I make you a priority in my life. I'm, I'm making effort to see you a minimum of two times a week with your schedule and mine. And when I'm with you, I shut everything off and I'm completely with you. Like you are all, you know, all I want. And he said, so if I don't text you good morning, every single morning, I don't want you to get upset at me. 
And that's the other thing that will like ruin partnerships and expectations. And I think one of the things in my last partnership is, you know, we expect and we must have, and that energy I also don't like either where, you know, I am hoping that I do eventually as me and my partner start to fall in love with each other, that I get more texts because I love them. Like I love a good morning and a good night, but it wasn't a deal breaker for me anymore where originally it was because all of his actions and his words and him making that quality time for me made me feel more safe and secure that, you know, if he wasn't texting all the time or, you know, giving that stuff that I didn't feel it was really needed anymore because his actions other places showed me that that's okay. And we have to learn our partners in the different ways they communicate because this dude like is not on his phone, you know, and it's like, okay. (laughs) And when he is, he's usually doing like stocks and stuff and not really caught up in text messages. And I am willing to have patience around this and, you know, move with him and, and hoping that things, you know, come a little more in my favor because it's something I love, but I also would much rather have someone who's having that quality time with me and showing me in all of their actions, which he is so amazing at, you know, I just met his mom and he met mine and we said much, so much beautiful time together that like, I'd rather have that where in my last partnership, I got a good morning and a good night every single day, but he never really spent the quality time with me. Like that was the bare minimum. And so I really am looking at like what exactly are my quote unquote expectations where I can let those down and not feel like I'm backing someone up against a wall. Because when you emasculate a man and say, I need this, if you don't do this, we're done. Then that man's not going to actually want to do that thing for you. Right. You want to be his lover and not his mother. You want to open that feminine space for him to come towards you after you express your desires rather than beat him over the head and make him feel like he's not doing good enough. And I think that was something I learned in my last partnership, really, because I was always like, this isn't enough. This isn't enough. This isn't enough. And I ultimately ended up leaving. And honestly, it wasn't enough, but I think I could have done much better in my communication skills and leaned back a little more to give him that space to come towards me. And in this partnership, it's so beautiful because I have a lot more patience now. And I'm like, okay, like I could wait a little longer. It's really only been like two months. If he's not texting 24 seven, I don't care. He's mine, you know? Absolutely. I think with new relationships, it's like you almost find like no two relationships are ever going to be the same. So you find like new things about yourself that you really enjoy. And those things that you felt like you were so attached to don't really become, you know, too much of a problem if they're not meeting them. Mm -hmm. You're fulfilled in other ways. And I think every relationship you kind of find like a mold that fits perfectly for both of you because everybody's different. So that's beautiful. Mm. And I think the other powerful thing that you said was about communication and having this clear communication of instead of, I need you to do this and getting upset and nagging, which I've definitely like found myself in, in in Mm. certain ways, it's like having a communication of this is what I love and this is what makes me happy but yes. also being opened to the ways that they are already making you happy and they are giving and receiving, like you're receiving in ways that you're, you don't even see because you're looking at, I receive love this way and this way. So it's like really like looking at him or your partner as a whole, like where are they really like fulfilling me? 
and what areas actually need to shift and what can I, what type of communication, where can I meet him? Like what communication can we have? I think that's really important. A lot of times, like we don't speak on what we want. I know that was huge for me is like never speaking. Like I had a close, such a closed throat with men. And so I never spoke on what I want. And then I went into Mm. this like belief that I don't attract, I'm never going to have a man that does this for me. I'll never have a man that will bring me flowers every week. I'll never have a man that will care enough to treat me very softly and delicately. Like, I just believe Mm. that like, oh, this is my life. Like, this is who I attract. This is what I'm going to end up with. Instead of realizing that all I have to do is shift who I'm being and shift my energy and shift my level of standards. And then when you attract the partner, have that communication. It's so, so important. And also, sorry, what was the last sentence? Oh, no, just, and also just compassion, like the communication, the compassion for where they're at and where your relationship is at and knowing that it can go further. Like you guys can evolve as a couple and that's the biggest thing. Like I've heard so many times from so many people that like, this is the honeymoon phase. When you just start dating somebody, that's the honeymoon phase. You should be having a lot of fun. And it's like, I don't want a honeymoon phase. Like I understand like the whole thing behind a honeymoon phase, but for me, it's like, I want a relationship. I want the beginning of our relationship to be like the start of it, not like the best part of it. So I Mm. want a relationship that evolves over time. And I feel even more loved and more seen and more supported because they're getting to, we're getting to know each other on a much deeper level. I don't want it to fade. Right. And I think a lot of people have that, like, Oh, it was so fun when we first started dating. And now it's like, we're a boring old couple. I never want that. I don't want to be a boring old couple. No, thank you. No, I think what you said, like communication is just huge for me. Cause like, I don't even feel like with a partner I'm in now, like that we're like in honeymoon phase. I think it's, we're really getting to know each other. And I really learned how to communicate with partners. This is so important, you know, not saying you need or you or bringing up things that like don't matter, especially when you're like not seeing eye to eye. It's like, I desire, I would like, right. And if you explain your desires to someone or articulate them a bit and they're not trying to match them, then obviously you know that that partner is not trying to, you know, be a part of <laughs> your desires. And maybe you, you want to reconsider as long as it's something, you know, along the lines of them being able to do. Right. But like, I very often express my desires in such, such a loving way. And I think, you know, a lot of people with communications, like you need to take out the trash, <laughs> you need to do this. You know, I, like I see this all the time in partnerships. It's like, I, I, I need you to, I need you. Right. And we're like, we're attacking this person who's now feels like they're cornered up against the wall. They're not doing something right. And you're, you're not expressing your desires in a way like, Hey, you know, instead of, I need you to take out the trash. It can be, it makes me feel so loved and supported when the trash is taken out. I really don't love taking it out because it makes me feel gross to touch smelly trash. Would you mind doing it for me? You know, and like, I swear to God, I I literally said that to my dude and like the trash was taken out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Instead of like, um, I expect you to take that trash out. 
And there are just some some hills that you can you can be willing to die on where it's like, hey, I'm just never going to do this thing in a partnership. Like I'm dying on this hill. That's it. And there's other times where I'll roll down the hill. So right now I'm super busy. Cleaning's not my number one priority. You know, like neither is cooking, which it used to always be. But I don't know, like right now it's not something I desire to do. And I know my partner has OCD and he really likes cleanliness and I'm not going to make him clean my apartment. So what did I do? I hired a cleaning lady, although I already had one to have her come a little more frequently because he's here all the time. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, I can meet you halfway there. Like I want to make sure that you feel safe and loved in my apartment and I don't want it to be dirty and like the Tasmanian devil came (laughs) across it. So, so I will meet you and I will like do my best to keep things in order to make you feel safe and secure, but I'm not actually doing that thing right now because I don't feel like it, right? There's just like places where you guys can meet each other in like loving, beautiful ways without you like being, I'm sorry, but I see a lot of women do this, a brat, right? Well, like you don't fucking do this for me. It's not like, ah, whatever. And then they're, they're berating their men. They're emasculating their men. They're making them feel like shit. And honey, when you emasculate a man, he's not going to want to do that thing. If you're like, you need to take out the trash every day. You need to take out the trash. Is it right? And he's like, he's going to be like, fuck you and your trash. <laughs> you know, like you've got to learn how to communicate with like love. I was even talking to, I'm not going to say who, cause she'd be really pissed off, but someone who was having an argument with someone else. Right. And she was just like bringing up all this stuff that did like, the present conversation only needs to be talked about. And it was bringing up the mother, the ex-wife, this, all the things. And I was like, why don't you just stick to the goal of what you're desiring to say and express what you need in this moment instead of bringing all these other things? Because when you, you do that, you, you, you took your focus off what you really need to be talking about right now. And I, I see women do this more than ever because we're emotional creatures, right? We have wombs, we get all hot and heavy and we start like vomiting at the mouth <laughs> and men just don't know how to like take it in, right? Because they're different. They're very logical. They, they take things for like what they're worth. And men at the, real men, healthy masculine men, they are here to please us. But if we're emasculating them and, and, you know, have these all crazy expectations and we're not speaking them as desires, then they're not going to want to serve us because we're treating them like shit. Absolutely. That, that kind of reminded me because I'm, I've never been, well, I don't want to say never, um, in the relationships that I was in since I started my spiritual path and really did like the, the work on masculine and feminine, like I'm very much like genuinely in my feminine, like from birth, I'm just like a feminine being. And so the, so it sounded like what you were talking about, like women, like being like brats, quote unquote, is seems like that's more of like our disempowered masculine where we're kind of like, you have to do this and this, whereas I lean more toward the, or did lean more toward the disempowered feminine. So it was more Mm. of, um, not speaking, doing whatever he wanted, making sure his needs were met, uh, undermining my own feelings and energy to make sure that he feels good. So Mm. I think that those are two different energies. And like, I see that play out in the bedroom too. Did it play out, you know, like we're like, we're just all about their sex and their pleasure and their needs and all their stuff. And I'm like, Oh no, honey. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that it's like looking at where you, cause 
Andrea, you're more of like, you're a very like masculine, like empowered masculine <laughs> energy and you have your feminine energy too, but you're very like bold, fiery. Um, and that's beautiful. Like that's what makes you, you. So I think that we have to look at like, what, who are you? Like, where are you in your disempowered? Are you more in your disempowered feminine? Are you more yes. empowered masculine? And then look at how, you know, who we attract. So I was in my disempowered feminine of letting anything and everything slide and totally not even caring about myself in a relationship where he, my past partner was in his disempowered masculine. So needing to yell, needing to control jealousy, like, um, nagging things like that. So it's, it's kind of empowering to look at where you can shift and then how you call in the empowered version of kind of the opposite. Cause isn't it true that like in a partnership, like somebody's going to take more of the feminine role in certain areas. And then the other partner's probably going to take more of the masculine role in certain areas. Um, I don't know uh, if that's hundred percent true. And I think it changes. I- I think it depends. Like, I mean, I can only speak from the fact that I'm a, a, a woman identifying as a woman with a vagina and my partner is a man identifying mm-hmm. as a man with a penis. Uh, I just want to make sure we're correct here. So there's no offense, you know, cause I, I work with a lot. I, I love all of my trans clients, lesbian clients, all things, but I can only speak from um, this where I feel that an empowered woman and an, an empowered man, there's going to be a level of feminine essence from the woman and masculinity from the man. I do believe in uh, a dynamic of, you know, the woman has a lot of beautiful things because she has a womb and feminine essence. And then the man's going to do, you know, innately as we were put on this earth, the men were the hunters and the women were the gatherers. And this, it has evolved. I have this really great book that I was um, reading called Intimate Communion by David Dita. I don't say that correctly. Um, and it's like talking about the evolving roles between men and women and how now, you know, men used to need women for um, childbirth, sex, you know, all the things. And women used to need men for money, status, all the things. And now that has evolved, but it's evolved so beautifully where I feel like men who are in touch with their feminine are so sexy now. And women who have a little bit of that masculine are, it's so sexy now, but yes, I think a man would be more masculine and a woman would be more feminine to the core. And that's how the dynamics work because ultimately like yes, we are more of caregivers, stuff like that. It's just how it is. But we both can play both roles and dance as we need to and can and desire to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it it just shifts too in every different area of a relationship. Like you could be masculine in... um you know, house cleaning where he's more in his like feminine. Like I think every area, like the dynamic shift, right. And like, maybe Mm. he's more in his feminine with emotion and you're more in your masculine with emotion where you don't want to share emotion or what it might be. I share all of my emotion, but you know, it's just cool to see like the different dynamics. And again, like whether, where you identify, um, and who I think I healed a healed feminine would yes. would share her emotions i yes, think someone who was wounded wouldn't because you you know what there's a really random download as you just said that but i wanted to just say this for anyone who's looking for love 
you cannot love unless you're willing to get vulnerable. And so if you're not willing to share your emotions or get hurt, right, because that could happen, um, then you're not really willing to love. And that was something that really came for me in this new partnership. In the first couple of weeks, I was like, oh, my God, this man could like maybe be it. And like I wanted to run away. Because my last partnership, I gave everything and it didn't work out. And I was like planning my future and he had looked at rings and we were talking about babies. And so I think that something started to surface for me a couple of weeks ago where it was like, fuck, like, what if it, you know, we have that question, like, what if it doesn't work out? And I think like, I just got really secure in my body and I was like, I'm ready to be vulnerable no matter what, if I get hurt. That's, that's the beauty of love. You have to be so radically willing for it all. Because if you're not willing for the hurt, then you're also not willing for the true, true love. There's no way that you can experience the truest essence and energetic field of the vibration of love unless you, you completely open yourself up to it. And that takes a level of vulnerability. Mm, yes. And you can handle anything. Like knowing that you are capable enough to handle grief, to handle loss. Yeah. Because that's what that's why we don't go deep sometimes and fully open up our heart is because we're in fear. We're in fear that the past is going to happen again. And it's really like, can I hold this again? Of course you can. Mm. And you're going to hold it with grace and you're going to energetically shift through it so much faster because you have the, you've unlocked the codes, you have the, the healing available to you, just like you did the last time. So just knowing that you're, you're capable enough, you're strong enough to hold the hurt if it happens, but allowing yourself to open up, like that is something I've really spiritually been working on is opening up my heart, like allowing myself mm. to be seen, allowing myself to feel all of the emotion because it's so fun to feel the good, fall in love, feel all of that. But then we don't want to feel the hurt. We don't want to feel the, the hard parts because it doesn't feel good. But when yeah. we do the healing on our heart, like just open up your heart chakra, let it all out, like just heal that thing. It needs to be healed. There's so many things that I didn't even realize from years and years and years ago from childhood, things coming up mm. that I had no idea had wounds on my heart. And when I started to open it and set that intention on healing my heart, you know, everything began to shift. So that's literally like week one of my new program calling your King. I was like, we have to like forgive the hurt, let go of the past. I feel like a lot of people try to jump from like, you know, like relationship to relationship and like move on really fast when they're not actually healed. Like even yeah. before I agreed to go on dates with like my man now, like I took a couple of months to like mourn like I mourned my last partner and he immediately moved on. So like, I know that he's not allowing himself to go really truly deep with anyone. And, and I feel sorry for him with, with me. I was like, I want to be able to meet this next person at the level that they deserve to be met at. They shouldn't be, be meeting a woman who's, you know, missing her ex or still hurt or still, you know, has those wounds so present. So I had to kill my ego all over again. Oh my God, like so much crying, so much releasing, so much like forgiveness work and anger work and everything. And that's what I'm starting this program off with because I see too many people looking for love that, that physically, 
you know, truly can't hold love because they're not willing to get vulnerable because they're so angry or vengeant or broken over the past. So they first have to move past those things and get radically honest with themselves about the forgiveness journey and identifying like what's holding them back from truly letting themselves have that beautiful fucking love. And so first we clear, first we forgive, first we let go so we can call in this beautiful dream love. Mm, I love that. It's, you know, it's funny that you say that because I I had a experiencing a lot of emotions that I never let myself really experience. Like I was never really an angry person. I mean, I've been angry Mm. before, but like I had so much anger bottled up inside of me that I I didn't even know was there until I started healing my heart. And one of my spiritual mentors was like, you need to like release this anger. And I was like, okay, I'm going to meditate and release it. And she's like, no, you don't release anger by meditating. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) She's like, you have to like, and you, it can't be fixed either. It can't be like, I'm going to go to the gym and work off steam. It's, she's like, no, you have to like scream. You have to let it out. So I I feel bad for any neighbor above me next to me. Um, I was throwing pillows. I was like, sweating. I was throwing things around my room. I was screaming. I was swearing. I was like letting out all of the energy and I felt so cleansed after. I think I did it for like an hour straight and I did it twice and it was amazing. So some, yes, that uh, I'm so happy to hear this, that you did that. You're you're such a ball of light. And like, that was actually the transformational part of of the retreat I went to and where I'm going to be hosting a retreat as well. And we're doing fucking anger release work because if you can release your anger in a healthy way, not out on someone else who doesn't deserve it or out on that person, and you can do it with a pillow or screaming or hitting something and you're, you know, it's a part of like release to forgive, release to let it out, to, to speak those words, to physically move it out of your body. Cause a lot of our trauma is held physically too. It's not just emotionally, like move that shit, let it go. Um, that was some of the most powerful work that I ever did. Like really, I didn't even realize how much anger I had within me. And I knew I had some, by the way, it was this bold fiery over here, but I was like, wow, I didn't even know I was mad at that person. <laughs> and it just felt so good to let it go. Oh my gosh. Um, side note, which is so random. I was watching like Vanderpump rules. Like I don't even know when I was watching it, but they, they had this like episode where they, went to this place and all you do is like you they give you a bat and you just like break things like there's like printer break room yeah I'm like I was just talking about that yes yes I'm doing I like whatever retreat I have I I need like just a break room I'm gonna ask people to donate things yeah you can just smash it because I love the pillow and the screaming but like I want to like smash something like smash it yeah, we, you need to, and there's I, break rooms in Connecticut. Like I'm telling you, like there's just, they just fill a room you pay to go in it. And there's like all different kinds of like, there's printers and this and that. And like you smash the stuff. It feels so good. I need to do one so bad. I, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I just want to break my plates. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to go that far and like break my plates because yeah, I'm not breaking my stuff. I'll break someone else. Yeah, right. <laughs> it feels so good though. Um, Thank you so much for this episode today. Do you have any last, um, like, 
I mean, we'll get into like where people can find you and things like that, but do you have any like last little pointers that you want to add? Um, I just think, you know, willing to be radically honest with yourself about where you're at in your journey and knowing, you know, what you need to heal and what you need to release and let go of in order to call in your ideal partner. And then getting really clear on exactly what it is you're looking for, not be willing to settle for anything less and knowing you can have it all. I think too many women nowadays don't believe that they can have it all. And I am a walking, breathing version of this so many times, but I have my dream partner, my dream business, my dream life. And you know, it, it's only just begun and it's only going to get better. And even if everything fell to the ground right now, I'd I'd build another dream business and find another dream man and all the things like you have to be willing to do the work and never give up. Never. So cheers to that. Never giving up, keep evolving, keep growing, keep manifesting in your heart's desires. It gets to be so good and it gets to get even better. So Andrea, can you share with us? I know you have a program coming up you wanted to share and then share all of the ways where people can connect with you. Yeah. So I have a program, which is like a steal. It's like beta pricing. Cause I've never actually, I, I was a relationship coach, but I've never done a group program. I've only worked with people one-on-one. So I made it like crazy and expensive. It's $300 uh, early bird pricing right now. It's going to go up to 400 in a couple of days. It's called calling in your King. And we're going into like the release, the forgiveness, getting clear on exactly who and what you want to call in and why we're going to be doing a love spell. We're going to be talking about dating dynamics, how to first date, how to date right now with COVID um, and then how to have like patience, communication, sustaining the everlasting love. And if you'd like to join my free community, it's called the Intuitive Boss Babe Community. Um, that's my favorite place to catch me. I do lives and all the things there. And then Instagram, you can find me at Andrea Franco XO and the same for my website. It's AndreaFrancoXO.com. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. That program is going to be amazing. And dating so excited. COVID, we need that, right? It's like there's it's a different world dating now. It's like it was so of, weird. Right. It's like, it's like you come out right now. And you're like, what what is like Jumanji? I'm like, where am I? Like, what do I do? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it's just weird. I feel like, you know, like you're, you're just getting to meet someone and you go on a date and you guys have a mask on. It's like, I can't see your face. Right. Or things are closed and you're like, uh, like, thankfully I wasn't ready to date when things run restaurants were closed and stuff. But how like awkward is that where you're like, so do you want to hang out at our house or you want to go for yeah, a walk? You want to go on a walk? I know it, it's a weird time right now for sure. So I, I am discussing like virtual dates and stuff like that because yeah. I mean, it is what it is. We gotta, we gotta take the hand we're dealt with and make it the best, like all Absolutely. parts of life. Absolutely. I feel like there was a lot of relationships that fell away in COVID and a lot of solid ones that are being built because people have mm. done the work. We've looked within, we're ready to find the man of, or woman or person of our dreams, wherever you I identify. COVID has been devastating, but what you just said like hits home so much because I feel like a lot of people are now no longer settling. Yeah. And that's the thing. We're not settling anymore. Thank you, Andrea, so much for being here today. I love you. And I'm so happy that we could do this podcast episode together. I love you.
Thank you everybody for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am so grateful that you listened to this podcast episode. If you are not in the Light Leader Society, make sure that you join. It's my free community on Facebook. And I am at Emily Ann Whiteside on Instagram and Emily Whiteside on Facebook. I hope we can connect and I look forward to it.